we can finish it up. Because y'all done took most of my time, so I'll just finish it up next week. But if you have your Bible, go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. If you don't have your Bible, we're going to read it up on the screen. Winning is key in 2023. This month, we've been talking about keeping a winning marriage. I was supposed to end it today, but I won't. I want to talk from these, from this topic, experiencing a winning marriage. Say that with me, experiencing a winning marriage. Now, there are four things I want to talk about today, and I know I won't get to all four of them, but I just want to mention them to you. First of all, in winning marriages, spouses give up their rights for one another. Say that with me. In winning marriages, spouses give up their rights for one another. And the key word there being rights. I'm going to talk about that. If you want a winning marriage, you must be willing to give up your rights. I'm glad y'all got excited about the testimony stuff. Secondly, in winning marriages, wives give respect to their husbands. Say that with me. In winning marriages, wives give respect to their husbands. Now, the key word there is respect. Number three, in winning marriages, husbands give love to their wives. Say that with me. In winning marriages, husbands give love to their wives. The key word there is love. And then number four, in winning marriages, spouses give Christ their reverence. Say that with me. In winning marriages, spouses give Christ their reverence. The key word is reverence there. All right? So we're going to be talking about that for a minute. You know, I've been excited for this week to come so I can talk about winning in marriage. And so today, we are to talk about how to have a winning marriage, even considering the fact that men and women are so very different. Now, if you sit by your spouse, just, just, just look over at them and just smile and say, thank God for the difference. Thank God for the difference. Right? Because we're so very different. Have you ever noticed that? That men and women are different? And I'm not talking about, you know, just physical difference. You know, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm talking about how different men and women are relationally and emotionally. Do you ever wonder what God was thinking when he designed men and women so differently? We process, we process things differently. We think differently. And we can even experience the same situation and yet see it so totally different. But baby, I didn't get that out of that. Did you get that? Huh? You know, there's a lot of he say, she say. Have you ever been there? In fact, that you and your spouse were so different that there's no way that things can work out. 
No way you could experience a winning marriage. Well, I want to tell you that if you have been married for more than a couple of years, and this thought has probably crossed your mind at some point, even if you have resisted it by the power of Christ. But if men and women are so totally different, how is it that we can have a winning marriage and truly experience the joy that God desires for us to experience within that relationship? Well, turn with me to Ephesians 5, and let's look at verse 21. This morning, we're going to look at, at Paul's teaching through the guidance of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians concerning husbands and wives and how we ought to treat each other. Paul in these, uh, in, in these verses gives us some essential truths that we need to practice if we're going to experience real joy in our marriages. First of all, what is a winning marriage? I'm glad you asked. Before I get started, I think it's important to find a winning marriage. A winning marriage is one in which both the husband and the wife experience the joy and unity even amid struggles that comes from being united physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I'll leave that definition up there for a little bit. So this goes back to how God created man and woman. He created us to be united. Amen? So for uh, just uh, not to, to prolong it and to speed things up, Genesis 2 and 18, it's, up on, it's going to be up on the screen in, in 20B and 22 through 24. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. But no suitable helper was found. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. So God has ordained that in marriage, men and women be united completely as when we are, we experience the joy of marriage as God intended. It don't make no sense that we have marriages that are minus joy. If your marriage right now is minus joy, there is a problem. There's trouble. There's something absolutely wrong. Because God designed your marriage to have nothing but joy. Are you following? So, well, why don't we experience this if this is what God intended? Because the truth of the matter is, is that the most marriages are not winning. Over 50% of marriage end in divorce in the countless other marriages where, where, where divorce hasn't occurred. There is no joy being experienced. The really sad part is that the, in the church, the statistics are not any different. Do you want to know the reason for that? It is because... We say we believe God and his word with our mouths, but we don't really believe him with our actions. Yeah. 
you talk the Bible, you say the Bible, you quote the Bible, but you're not ready to do the Bible. It's better said than done. You're not ready to put up yet. You won't shut up, but you're not ready to put up. That's a whole different sermon I could preach on what true belief is. But that seems to be the sum up to the reality of what it is, you know. But the reality is even when we read what God says to do, some of, some of it seems, uh, you know, counterintuitive when we try to understand it. And I want to tell you today that God's word is true and we would trust God and follow his guidance for marriage. All of us would be able to experience a winning marriage. Now let's read the text and, and look a little more closely at what God wants us to do because, you know, some of us, you know, we feel good. We felt good telling the testimony, but we have raggedy marriages. All right? And God wants you to have a great marriage. Uh, you know, my marriage is great, and I'm working on it getting even better. Amen. And if you're single, you should, listen, when you finally do it, you should want it to be right. Anything else is a waste of your time. Verse 21, look what it says. Submit to one another. That's the part we don't like. I'm going to read the whole thing through and I'll talk about it. Submit to one another. You might want to highlight that in your Bible. Out of reverence for Christ, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Don't get scared. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. We're going to explain it. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hates his own body, but he feeds and cares for it. Duh. Just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loved himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So number one, in winning marriages, spouses give up their rights for one another. There in Ephesians 5, 21, it says, submit, submit to one another. The Greek word that is translated as submit means to place oneself under. It's like having strength under control. It's like choosing. You know that you can do something different, but you, uh, you accept 
uh-huh, what has been spoken from his holy writ and you bring yourself up under. All right? So in a winning marriage, in a winning relationship of every kind, we ought to give up our rights for one another. I'm talking to somebody in here this morning. In our society, today we equate submission with weakness and joylessness. Huh? And I'm sure that some of you right now are thinking, if I give up my rights, I'm going to get walked all over and I will never experience joy. I need to protect my rights and guard them if I am going to experience joy in the world. And that's what has been preached to us. That's what uh, the world say to us. I'm not letting anybody have any control over me. It's not about controlling. It's about you doing what God say do so that you can get what God has for you. All right? So look what the word said, Mark 10 and 39. Real quick, lose your life, you will find it. Mark 10 and 31, the first will be last and the last will be first. First Peter 3 and 9, do not pay evil with evil, but with blessing. Got it? So giving up your rights when the Lord tells us to do, though only seem risky, you got to do what he said. In fact, it is the best and safest thing we could do is to give up our rights. That's why a lot of us are going through and we're having terrible marriages because we don't want to give up our rights. It is not about weakness, but it's about strength. It takes a strong person to give up their rights. What are you talking about? And giving up your rights to your spouse is not being weak or a doormat. In fact, it requires great strength to willingly give up your rights. Jesus is our example of this. He was uh, anything but weak or doormat, but he willingly gave up what was his right for us. Look at Philippians 2, uh, verse 6. I got to go faster because, you know, we did the testimony thing. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Y'all see that? Taking the very nature of a servant. He didn't come here and, you know, he could have stayed where he was, but he became a servant. Being made in human likeness and being formed in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He gave up his rights of being the son of God for a moment to die on a cross with all of our sins on it. And his daddy turned his head while he's got sin on him so that we can have a right to live forever. Somebody shout, he did it for us. Did it like that? Hebrew 5, 7 says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions 
with loud cries and tears, tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience for what he suffered. God, take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, thy will be done. He learned obedience from the things that he suffered. Sometimes giving up your rights seems like suffering. But God, when you do what God tells you to do, God turns that thing and it works out in your favor. Can you say amen? Some of you, I heard you giving your testimonies. It wasn't only until you turned to God that things start turning around and working in your favor. When you tried to do it on your own, you had all kinds of mishaps and, my God, incidents and accidents. But it wasn't until you turned it over to God that God came in and turned that thing around. It's not what it looks like that how it's going to end up. Right now, it may look bad, but that's not how it's going to end up. You might be going through, but it's not what you're going through is how you're going through it and when I come out of it I'm going to have a testimony of how the Lord brought me out of this thing who am I talking to in here right now I don't care what it looks like in your marriage God got the capability and he's got the power to turn that thing around yeah. hallelujah so Jesus, God in the flesh, submitted himself to become human. He uh, submitted himself to the authorities. He submitted himself to the cross. Uh, he was not forced in any of these things, but did so willingly because of his desire to glorify the Father and his love for you. That takes strength, ladies and gentlemen. It took strength to get up on that cross. It took strength to suffer, bleed, and die. My God, it took strength to get that crown of thorns on his head. It took strength to take the beating that he took for us. It took strength. That was not weakness that was hanging on that cross. Ladies and gentlemen, that was strength that was hanging on the cross. God says it's going to take strength for you to be married to the person you will. Marriage is not for wimps. It's not for weak folk. That are throwing the towel at every little, little one little argument. I'm gonna throw in the towel. Or one mishap, I'm just gonna give up. That is not for whips. I want to encourage you to be strong and be willing to give up your rights for one another so you can glorify the Father and begin to experience the joy that can result from it. And Paul goes on to get more specific for husbands and wives concerning some of the differences in the ways God has designed us. He starts with the wives and say that in winning marriages, wives give respect to their husbands. Are you following me? And I know Aretha Franklin wrote the song all I need is what? Some what? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. 
and, and, and the Bible had it in there before she said it. But ladies, I just want to back that up and let you know that's all your man need is just respect. He'll jump over mountains. He'll run through troops. He'll run through walls. He'll run a hundred miles. He'll, he'll give up his money. He'll give up his life if you give him some respect. Now in Ephesians 5 and 22, verse 24, Paul talks about wives submitting their husbands, and this is talking about some of the role differences that God has given between men and women. But in the last line of this passage, verse 33, Paul says that the wife must submit or respect her husband. And since we have just talked about what submission looks like, I want to talk about this concept of respect for a moment. Ladies, it's just, I'm just, it's just your time. I'm going to get back come to the men next. If you truly want to experience a winning marriage, you just really need to respect your man. We already seen that I'm certain that anyone who is married knows that men and women are very different. Well, God in his wisdom has given the need to men to feel respected as primary in a guy's life. And that is why he tells wives to respect their husband. It fulfills a God-designed need. See, it really ain't got nothing to do with you. It's a God-designed need. God put that down in him. Quit fighting with, uh, you know, amen. Like she said, you know, don't fight it. Amen. Allow God to work through this situation. He put that, that design in the man to need respect. God did that. He can't help it. That's a part of his makeup. That's what God did. Y'all, you listen to me. See, surveys have been done among men asking which would you rather uh, feel, alone and unloved or inadequate and disrespected. Do you know 76% of men rather feel alone and unloved than inadequate and disrespected? That's three out of four guys. And the fact of the matter is, when you give respect to your husband, you are loving him. That's how you show that you love him, by giving him respect. Amen. I know you know you ladies, y'all be, you know, you, you, you shout with me when I'm talking, talking to the men, but now y'all got to look quiet now, so, you know. This is not about your husband deserving respect. This is about you trusting God. I want to say that again. It ain't even about him deserving anything. It's about what you're going to do to pass the test to show that you trust God. Hallelujah. And so for those of you who are single ladies, this is important for you to understand in the relationship with, guy, with the guy friend, by respecting them, you honor and you love them. 
But how do we show respect to someone who you feel is not worthy of respect? That's a good question. It starts with trusting God, which must then overflow to your actions. Huh? If we really believe God is God and that his ways are best, we will be able to do what he says. But if we really believe that, what can we do to show that respect? All right? Now, writing for Christians, women today, Cindy Hamlet gives 10 ways to respect your husband regardless of your feelings. 10 ways to respect your husband regardless of your feelings. I just don't feel that I should do it because he don't deserve it. We ain't talking about what you feel. We're talking about you trusting God. Well, <clears throat> Reverend, see, you don't understand that the husband that I got, see, if you knew him, no, we ain't talking about what you, you the one said yes. I ain't got nothing to do with it. You ain't got to explain that to me. You ain't got to get me on your side or none of that. Don't clear your throat or none of that. We talking about you, sister girl, trusting God. All right? So now it's time for you to take note. You're always hitting him and elbowing him. This is your time now. So she says to respect your husband. Number one, you ready? Regardless of what you're feeling, whether you think he deserves it or not, number one, pray for him daily. Number two, remember that God will lead through your husband. Let God lead him. Amen. You do your part. Let God lead him. God going to get him. Number three, make a list of your husband's qualities and review them regularly. You make note of them qualities and review them because you're going to need them. Number four, you ready? Tell your husband what you appreciate him, appreciate about him. You tell him everything that you don't like about him, but turn it around and tell him everything you appreciate him about. Can you do that? I'm asking you a question, ladies. Can you do that? Can you tell him the things that you appreciate about him? Don't act like you sleep now. You know, you were shouting a minute ago. Amen? Because there are a lot of qualities that he has that you can appreciate him on. I know you're upset with him right now, but we need, to, we need to change that. And let's dwell on something that we can, you know, work on. Number five, don't criticize your husband to others. Uh-oh, especially your children. This is how you can show respect. Don't you be criticizing your husband to other, other people because some people that you're criticizing with, they're trying to take him. And you don't need to be telling your children how bad he is because they're going to remember that and that's going to make them cut up even more. Mama said you ain't no good. You're about to get that child a beat down. Don't criticize your husband or other people. Amen. And even if you're in counseling, it's a way to talk without putting each other down. Keep the issue the issue. Don't make them the issue. 
You didn't get that. Keep the issue the issue. Not me. I it not don't, don't listen. Don't don't throw them out because of the issue. Let's deal with the issue and we can fall in love even the more. I'm teaching better than you letting on right now. That's all right. It's all right. Just sit, just sit there like you don't know what's going on. Number six. Look for the positive side of things that you may find irritating. Ooh, that's a hard one there, Bishop. What you talking about? Uh-uh. That, ooh, that's so irritating. I can't find nothing positive with that. Well, baby, sister, girl, you're going to have to find a way. You're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to ask God. If you got to count to 10, if you got to walk out and come back in, if you got whatever you got to do, hallelujah, you got to rub your elbow so that you can, oh, whatever it is, you got to do it. Me and my wife, we got a little cold thing that when we get on each other's nerve, instead of fussing at one another, we say, you're so sweet. When she tell me I'm so sweet, I'd be like, oh, I'd have messed up now. <laughs> That's how I look cold when we messing up. And then I say, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> she busts out laughing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now our children be talking about, you're so sweet, daddy. Mm-hmm. Then I tell them, you're so sweet. Hallelujah. You're teaching them while they're watching you interact with each other. Are you following me? Number seven, respond to his loving advances with enthusiasm. Uh-oh. Bishop ain't a romantic bone in his body. Well, respond like he really doing it up, you know? Amen. He be like, that's you, you, just, you, just, you, you look at him talking about that's it. You you know, just learn how to respond and let teach him how to get better. Thank him for the little efforts that he is doing, you know what I'm saying? He he maybe he didn't get that lesson, you know, how to be romantic, you know. And, and, and hopefully he'll learn something by listening to you. Listen, if you really want to be romantic, listen to your wife. She'll teach you how to be romantic. If you don't know, ask. You know, you know, ain't, no, ain't no sister doing opposite what she want and doing a frustrator even more. Then she'll say that's one of those irritating things, Pastor. When he's trying to be romantic. And listen, if your wife don't like flowers, don't you come up there with no, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a whole dozen of roses. It, she done already told you, I don't know how many times she don't like flowers. You might like them. She don't like them. Don't bring them to the house. Good God, I'm out of your head. Harder than this wood over here. 
Just man, you have learned nothing. She done told you, you not listening to anything. Yeah, but they look so good, they smell. Not for you, though. <laughs> if you want them, buy them for yourself, but she don't want them. I'm just trying to help you. So, ladies, you got to respond. Amen. When he come up, don't be jumping like, oh, what you doing? You ain't normally doing it. What, what's going on here? Well, he's trying. You just got to give him a little time. He's trying. Get your hand out my hair. Well, he just give him a little time. Sis, give him a little time. Oh, that tickle. Leave my arm alone. Lord, help us and help these married folk. Because it's a shame. The married folk want to be single and the single want to be married. Don't, don't stand up, but there's some married folk in here trade place with some of y'all single right now. That's how they feel. I know it ain't you, first lady. Hallelujah. I, I know what I'd be doing. Hallelujah. We poison on thick. Hallelujah. Y'all about to get me in trouble in here. Hallelujah. All right, number eight. All right, you ready? These are the things that you got to do, girls, to show you respect your husband, regardless of how you feel. Now, we can't go by your feeling, because you, if you go by your feeling, you ain't going to do none of these. Because see, if you're mad at him, you'll feel, I ain't praying for him. That's the first thing you got to do is pray for him, right, daily, right? Well, I'm going to skip tip this week because he's been so hard-headed. I ain't paying for him, not none. I don't care. God, do whatever you got to do. I'm not praying. Well, no, that's not the attitude you got to take, regardless of your feelings now. You still got to bombard heaven on his behalf. You got it? I hope you're getting these now. You may have to go back and, you know, get it off of the uh, podcast, okay? Number eight, if you're concerned about a decision your husband has made, ask him to follow. I'm confused about such and such. Can you explain it to me? Now, when he started explaining it, let him finish through before you jump in there and start, you know, the man is halfway through. Wait, hold up. No. You got, he ain't done yet. Because you know women, they can jump in there and they'll finish that thing for you. You know what I'm saying? How many of y'all been there? I'm going to raise both of my hands. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They'll jump in there and take over the conversation. I and we still working on them things. So I just want first lady to let me finish, girl. Let me finish. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I have to let you finish too. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Okay, but let me move on number nine then. <laughs> can we talk about whatever you want to put in there? Let's say, uh, can we talk about our lack of communication, right? 
And I feel uncomfortable with talking about, uh, what we say, uh, our sexual relationship with strangers. So whatever, see, this, these are the kind of things, you, you, you know, you need, to, you need to do in order to respect them. You, you need to ask that, you know, or you need to talk about issues. Can, I, can we talk about our lack of communication? Because, you know, you, you seem to talk to everybody else. But when it comes to us, you don't have no words for us. Can we talk about that? And if something that's intimate, you, don't, you, you know, you're uncomfortable with talking to strangers about it. Hey, can we talk about it? Or can we get somebody that we really trust to talk about this? You want to go all off and get somebody stranger that don't know us, and I don't feel comfortable with that. So whatever your conversation, these are ways that you show you show respect. Amen. Oh, you going? Come on here. Let's 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 kind of discuss this before. Uh uh. I already got the counselor. We going, and you said six o'clock, and you better have your saddle head there, and you know, y'all, you know, you know, married folk call each other out of their names, right? That, those are put down names. Yeah, she called saddle head, so like somebody can ride up there on top of it. So you know. Y'all call each other out the names. Y'all know how y'all be doing when y'all get mad at each other. Oh, so y'all, oh, you got all these saints in here. Nobody, nobody have intense fellowship. Nobody have arguments in here, do we? All of y'all just fell from heaven and you just, oh, my God. He is the best thing since God created the man. And he don't never get me in trouble. He's always doing the right thing. Amen. Hallelujah. And some of you don't, you don't, you don't say it, you know, out loud, but you say it under your breath. You call him everything but a child of God. And some of y'all been saying some words that you ain't supposed to be saying. My gift is working. You've been saying some stuff you ain't supposed to be saying. Amen. You done got upset and you done let the devil really got you and you done went, you done reverted back to your old man. You'll start saying words that you shouldn't be saying as a Christian. Amen. Got to get all that stuff out of you. Let God create you, creating you, create, creating you a new person. Amen. All right. So number 10. Bring it in. If you find yourself thinking negative thoughts about your husband, stop and choose to think of his good qualities. How many know it's so easy to think negative? So easy to think negative. But this, this week, I want you to take on the challenge of thinking positive things. Look at the good qualities of your husband. Oh, let's just call this week the wife challenge week. 
And then next week, we'll call it the husband challenge. But this week, let's call it the wife challenge week. Amen. Because, you know, just as soon as we said that the enemy is going to really try to do something or something happen for you not to do any of these things that we just said today. And so Philippians 4 and 8, look what it says. Finally, brethren, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think a 